Welcome to Community Association Car Chat. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Join your host, David Velasco and Steve Roderick, advisors at JGS Insurance, a Baldwin Risk partner, every Monday as they catapult the multifamily industry forward by providing education and information about a host of topics that affect the community association world today. You can watch the show every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern live on LinkedIn or listen wherever you get your podcast as Dave and Steve give you your weekly dose of laughter and learning from the best in the industry. Let's get into this week's episode with our very special guest. Man, Steve, you missed an awesome weekend. I was in Daytona all weekend for the 24 hours of the Rolex endurance racing. I'm sorry, I'm tired because we stayed up all night, uh, but it was awesome. I didn't get the invite on that one, David. Thanks. I forgot. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. Well, don't worry. I'll send you some footage. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, in any event, I'm glad that you made it back from Daytona because it's Monday morning and it's time to do some car chat, time to provide some education, some insight into the industry like we do every single week. So today's guest, now I love this because, you know, in insurance, we love acronyms, all right? So today's guest, we have Mr. Doug Newman, right? He's the owner operator of CPE Property Management. There's the acronym CPE. Doug, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about CPE? What does that stand for? And what are you guys about? So there's not enough acronyms in the insurance industry, right? So when I was <laughs> trying to come up with a name for the company, you know, I didn't want to memorialize myself or do Supreme or Vest. I mean, there's like a ton of those types of things. So I started writing down words on a piece of paper, what the industry represents and legal pad, yeah. cup of coffee, 30 words, start circling some, crossing out others. And what rose to the top were three words, and I put them in order of uh, priority. C is for communications. I think we're largely in a communications business, and it's not just getting back to somebody timely. Of course, that's communications, but it's like, how do you communicate a, a budget? How do you communicate to the board that insurance costs are skyrocketing, right? It's largely a communication business. And then P is planning, E is execution. So if you communicate, develop plans... The execution should be easy. And I have a little footnote, but if you don't fund the plan, it's a dream. <laughs> so that's the background behind CPE. Smaller kind of a niche company in Connecticut. We manage as few as six units, a historic building near Yale University to the typical townhouse style, wood clappered siding, pitched roof, townhouse associations up to a few hundred units. We're in a little bit of a growth mode. I have wonderful people. You're only as good as your manager. I always tell them that we're running a business, right? Like every aspect of the business you need to know and understand. Insurance has been complicated lately, but our managers understand the insurance landscape. We don't pawn that off per se to an insurance person or the insurance department. Our managers are well-versed. And I look for people in our company, right? And what I think makes us different is I look for four characteristics. So if somebody says, Doug, who do you hire? What are you looking for? And I say there's four things. They need to be smart. They need to be assertive. But they can't be a jerk. But sometimes you need to tell somebody the answer is no. And they don't want to hear no. So you have to have a little bit of a backbone and be able to explain the answer. So smart, assertive. They need to be service-minded because we're in a people business and we're serving people. And the fourth one is a little rhetorical. It's they need to be smart. So I say smart twice. Because if somebody has those characteristics, I'll teach you the business. If you're a people person, smart, assertive, and you're service-minded, 
you're going to enjoy this. You're going to love it. And, and I love it because I, I enjoy people. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy the financing, the numbers. These things are all wrote to me. So it's been great for me to get into the property management business. All right. So Doug, in like 30 seconds or less, how did you start in a property management? How do you get into the industry? My whole life I've been running businesses and I was in a different career. I owned a chain of car washes really? and uh, very long story short, that didn't have a happy ending. And so I had to kind of, well, it takes a martini or two, Steve. So anyhow, I kind of had to regroup and reached out to my entire Rolodex of people. And I was very involved in community civic things. I ran for Board of Ed and things like this. As a matter of fact, there's a wonderful book here for communities to work. I bought this book 20 years ago, well before I got involved in the industry. And so I reached out to somebody I knew through education, public education work, and uh said to me, you know, Doug, tell me about your background. What have you done? I've taken uh, architecture courses. I've taken uh, college level accounting courses. I like people, these types of things. I've built design things, both residential and commercial buildings. I've GC'd these things. He says, have you ever thought about property management? And I said, no, never, not once. And he said, well, your background plays out really well for that. And he knew somebody that was in the business, owned a company. And long story short, I started working with them. And a few years later, I went on my own. Wow. Gotcha. No kidding. I heard you talking before about chasing the wrong dollar as a concept that is dear to your heart. Can you explain that briefly? Well, what I've seen, you know, again, in the communities and the association that very often people are, we always want to pay your fair share and keep the budget down, right? But people I've seen that over time, it's not one budget year that becomes a mistake. But if you do sequential years, one year after another, after another, keeping things so tight and you tend to band-aid issues, you end up throwing good money after bad. And then 15, 20 years goes by, and that's kind of where we are now. There was a big boom in Connecticut around the country, built condos in the 80s, and now these things yeah. are all showing their age, right? And True. what do we do? We don't have reserves, right? And uh, it's complex. And so it's very important to pay your fair share as you go and not kick the can down the road, per se. I mean, a classic example is putting a roof overlay on top of a roof. All you did is saddle someone else down the road with something that you should be taking care of now. And usually the roof overlay doesn't work out well either. Got it, got it, got it. Another topic that you guys should be really well versed in, I would imagine, is what's your strategy for bringing control of the community to the board of directors? Can, can you speak to that a little bit? So the board, right, it's a collective board. It's not one person. Some people think the president gets to run the whole program. That's not the way it works. But I always, at annual meetings or whenever I get in front of the union owners, I like to tell them that they're as much as a stakeholder in this process too. For the community to be successful, you need engaged unit owners. And there's been a general apathy. We all see this, right? Sometimes there's one board position open and there's only one person running for the position. There's no one else in your community of 100 units that's not interested in running. So trying to get people engaged and getting to make the community more successful is difficult. Things like this, I applaud you because people are enjoying the conversations. Other people are doing podcasts or just having a meeting, get the associations together, the unit owners together, just to have an open dialogue, just an open forum discussion. One of my clients does that every September in advance of the budget year. They just have an open forum discussion. Invite the unit owners, what's on your mind type of thing. So this is the type of thing that I think boards need to do. Boards need to be educated. There's statutes changing all the time. There's been some devastation around the country, certainly Florida, we think about very, very sad, but people are learning from these things to help the associations run better. And being a board member is a challenge. It should be rewarding. It shouldn't be a second job, but it does take involvement of the union owners to make a successful community. So you touched on this a little bit. I'd like to, to ask you, in your opinion, in the industry, because you've been involved for over 10 years now as a business owner, 
What's the most difficult challenge that we face with communities today? I think anybody in my shoes or any property manager is going to say managing expectations, right? So took on a newer client. Um, most of the people hadn't lived in condos before. And the 911 emergency call comes in, my smoke detector is beeping. It's like not our thing, right? That's on you. So managing that is tough and there's more of that. So again, somebody comes out of an apartment, they move into the condo, the neighbor next door is making noise. They call us up, my neighbor's making noise. It always goes like this. Have you spoken to them? Oh no. Isn't that your job? Isn't that why we pay common charges? And I say, look, we'll intervene. There's rules, right? You're entitled to quiet enjoyment. We'll certainly get involved. But if we intervene first, and even if we keep your name out of it, they're going to know where the complaint came from. You need to be neighbors. It's called being neighborly, right? People now, they don't even want to share directories. They don't want their name or email address shared. It's like a big thing, but like you should know your neighbor. So managing the neighbor-neighbor thing has been a challenge. Managing expectations. We have texting, which is great, but they think like we should text back to them within a minute. If we get back to you in 15 minutes, they get upset sometimes. This has been a challenge, particularly with more people home from COVID, people working at home and there's more stress, more cars, there's less parking, more garbage, more water Mm -hmm. use. It goes on Mm -hmm. and on. Our email volume, call volume nationally, you guys have heard this, but it put more demands on management to try to manage that has become a challenge. And now now the the interest and the, the complaint levels have gone up. And you touched on this earlier, but the apathy level is still where it was before or is even going even further down. How do you guys deal with that, with the the apathy of the community? It's tough. Do the best you can. Just communications, right? Getting back to my company, communicate with the union owners and the board. So we try to, whenever we can, we don't want to inundate people every day with email, but whenever we say the next board meetings next week, we try to work some things in, looking for volunteers. What's on your mind? The budget's coming up. The board would like to hear from you. Some of our clients, we keep a radar screen thing. So it stays on the radar screen, but at what point does it become into the budget? So it's really just communicating and managing the expectations. One thing we're starting to do now, we've always done some of it, but we're making a little bit more deliberate effort is to do an orientation with a new unit owner. Here's the ground rules. This is how it works. It used to be like a welcoming committee. I never really gave much thought to it early on, but I want people to know the ground rules on the way in. And I think that will help the landscape. You can set the tone. Right. All right. Last problem question. I know that there's a lot of issues in the communities, but I happened to be in a board meeting just last night with a community that has a lot of water leaks. seems to be a common theme, whether it's horizontal construction or even vertical construction, that's even worse. But water leaks are a big issue. How can a community be proactive in addressing this common issue? Right. So one of my favorite topics, first of all, It goes back to maintenance standards, which most of our clients have. It's one thing to have them, but are they sitting on the shelf collecting dust or are the unit owners really listening and paying attention? So again, communicating with the unit owners and all it takes is one unit owner who's not paying attention and you have a big loss and a big claim and it's not good. So little story that came up, it was a supply line for refrigerator. Unit owners going to Florida as they always do and they go around and shut off all the fixtures to all their plumbing. They go down to every toilet, shut the valves off, do everything but the one supply line for the refrigerator that's out of sight out of mind you don't know where that valve is instead should have shut the main valve off the whole unit 
Sure right. enough, they're in Florida. The thing breaks, it leaks, turn into a fifty-something thousand-dollar claim. New floors, the whole thing, completely avoidable, right? So yeah. union owners yeah. need to know where their main shutoff valve is. And I'm going to throw something out here to you guys and your audience. There's a new technology that's made by Moan, and there may be others, but it's a Bluetooth-enabled auto shutoff valve for the water supply line for the main valve. It also tracks your water users. So indirectly, once you start tracking water, people use less water. But the main thing is, if it detects your water use, and if you have a leak, your phone will turn red. And it says, your water's running. Do you want to shut it off? Yes, no. And if you hit yes, it'll shut the main valve off. Just like this guy who went to Florida, they could have been on the plane and said, oh, I forgot to shut the main valve off. You could do it from Florida. So I was trying to get the insurance carrier, my client, and Moan to each put this unit into all three units and split the cost three ways and do a case study. So I'm challenging somebody, you guys, or somebody's listening to this, to let's go, let's do it. Outstanding. Uh, Love it. Enjoy that a lot. And I have heard of similar products, but I love the Bluetooth enabled and being able to remote access the actual valve. That's a little more fancy than the ones that I've seen that are in production. So <laughs> let's go to the last question in the show. So Doug, this is one of my favorite questions that we come up with. It's not the times I would like to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to somebody in the industry, preferably that you think is relevant. Somebody that helped you. Somebody's that recognized your teammate, employees, cousins, you tell, you tell us. So I'm going to give a shout out to Bob Howard, who owned a property called Summit Property Management. Bob sold his remaining three accounts, 2010, I believe, or 11. And I was on the phone with Bob Howard this morning to share some sad news about a board member whose wife's not uh -huh. doing well. But my point here is Bob Howard was probably the best property management owner operator ever, in my opinion. And how do I know that? Because I've seen his notes and his records and nobody taught me the business. I understand operating businesses. I understand people and communications, right? And finance, but nobody taught me the property management business. I learned the business by reading his notes, his letters, his communications, his newsletters, his board meeting correspondence, and just from his old files. And that's how I learned the business and found it incredibly intriguing. Connecticut owes Bob Howard kudos. All right. Well, thank you for that. Steve, why don't you take us away for the closing comments? Man, Doug, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for sharing with us your insight on the industry. Thanks for telling us the stories about how you came to be here. We love the acronyms. We love the description of your business being right there in the name of the business. Love that. Communication is always key. Managing expectations, all good stuff, man. Doug, we'll see you around, guys. Thanks for listening to Community Association Car Chat Podcast. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe to get the latest podcast delivered straight to your phone or tablet each week. And remember, you can watch us live on LinkedIn every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Community Association Car Chat LinkedIn page.